0: Well, our theme, as Pastor Josh was saying a little earlier here and Dan in Melbourne, Dan and Eb, is more than Sundays. Christianity is designed for you and I to walk with God more than just for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. And if you're new to church or you're tuned in, you haven't been here before, or your first time you've tuned into us, you are created for a relationship with God. And Sunday fellowship and worship and hearing the Word is all a very important part of that relationship with God. But there's more than that. A few years ago, I was reading a scripture that just jumped off the page at me. And I knew uh, when the presence of God came on me as I read it, it, was, it wasn't just a scripture for the day. It was a, something God was giving me for the future. It was Genesis 35. It said this, Then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. This scripture has gripped my heart for the last few years. Out of this scripture came a a change of name for our church from C3 Kiwana Waters to C3 Powerhouse. Out of this scripture came what we call our dream for the decade. Seven key aspects of the vision and dream that we have for the 20s for C3 Powerhouse across multiple locations. There's a phrase in there that, 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 gra- that grabs me and it says kings will be among your descendants. Kings will be. And when it's talking descendants, obviously in that day it was, it was physical children. But for us as a church, the descendants are the spiritual children. The ones that the people who are born again, the people who become part of our church. And you don't, to be a descendant is not about an age, it's about a heart and a mindset. I believe our church has an apostolic mandate from God to raise up people who will be kings in every sphere of society, influencers in every area of society. And the phrase that I've used to to capture that part of the Scripture is this mandate to have influencers and entrepreneurs in every part of our nation. And so the, the the dream, the the phrase, in the dream for the decade goes like this: I see us. No, I see us not established in our premises. I, I do see that. I see our church filled with influencers and entrepreneurs, innovative, cutting-edge, marketplace leaders who excel in every sphere of society: government, media, sports, entertainment, education, business, and more. Entrepreneurs who. Set the standard for business excellence, leadership, and wealth creation. That's part of our vision as a church. Kings will be among your descendants. This is kings in the, in the generic sense. It's men and women of God. And I believe as your pastor, one of my mandates, one of the calls that God has put on my life is to help equip you to be an influencer in the sphere and the spheres that God has called you to, to equip you for that call. And so today I want to look at some practical things about how you can be an influencer. I'm not talking about a social media influencer. If that happens, that's a bonus. But I'm talking about an influence in the spheres that God's called you to. Some of you, your sphere uh, you're, you're called to right now is your family. That's your primary sphere. You're raising up little kids in your home, and that's your primary sphere. Some of you, your sphere is in the workplace, the marketplace, in the church, and we'll describe some of those a little later on. But to help us to unpackage what it looks like to be influencers and entrepreneurs according to Bible standard, I want us today to look at the life of Joseph. Joseph, okay. Joseph, uh, you might have seen some movies about Joseph and his Technicolor dream coach, but Joseph was the son of Jacob, whose name changed to Israel. You can read about him in Genesis 37. He was the do- He was the son of Rachel. Rachel was deeply loved by his by Joseph's father Jacob, and because he was born, uh, Joseph was born in Jacob's old age to his. Favorite wife, and I'll leave that alone. Uh, He had a special place in Jacob's heart. Because he had a special place in Jacob's heart, Jacob gave him a coat of many colors, which we'll we'll look at shortly. Uh, Out of that, uh, Joseph had these incredible dreams that one day his father and his brothers would bow down before him. The moon and the skies would bow down before him. As a young boy, as a teenager, he had these dreams. and, And his life goes through this crazy twists and turns. Uh, One day, he's the the king of the the roost at home with his his dad. Then the next day, his brothers sell him into slavery. He's brought uh, up into Egypt. He becomes a slave in the house of Potiphar, the captain of the guard of Pharaoh uh, in Egypt, which is the world power of the day. And so he becomes uh, 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 the captain of... uh, He looks after his household. Then he gets thrown in prison for seven years. And then eventually, he becomes the prime minister, second only to Pharaoh, in the nation of Egypt, governing and ruling strategically for the world. Joseph was an influencer. Joseph, was, he wasn't a pastor per se. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't working in, for the church. He was an influencer in the area of government. And before that, he was an influencer in the area of, of the government officials. And you, you could say in the area of the marketplace. And what can we learn then? From Joseph. What can you and I learn from Joseph about being influencers? And entrepreneurs, I want to look at five things this morning that we can learn and apply to our lives. I'm talking to teenagers here today about the influence that God has got for your life. I'm talking for people to people who are right now uh, you you wonder why you're just going through the motions in your world right now. It doesn't seem like there's much purpose to your job or to your work or to what you're doing. I'm, I'm talking to people who feel like you're at the top of your game, and I'm talking to people who who right now you feel like maybe I'm past my best time. I want to say no, you're not. You're still called to be an influence. For God. The first thing that we can learn from Jacob uh, comes from this verse in Genesis 37, verse 3. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph a beautiful robe. I love it. A beautiful robe. I would say that Joseph could have been a challenging little brother to have. I reckon Joseph had a strut. I reckon Joseph walked around the house and the farm like he owned everything. I reckon Joseph, uh, he knew that his father loved him. His father had given him this coat of his favour and his blessing. And to all of those kids out there who say, you know, I'm the favourite, mum and dad. Have we got any of those in the house who say, I know I'm the favourite, all right. What about somebody who knows the other one's the favourite? Have we got any of those? here? Oh, wow, there's some wounds in the house here today. (laughs) God can minister to you, I know he can. But, jo- but Joseph, he had a, a tremendous sense of confidence, which I believe positioned him for his destiny as an influencer and it positioned him to receive a dream from God. And the first thing I want to say about your call to be an influencer, because I believe every person in this room, every person listening right now is called to be an influencer for God. The first thing I want to say about that is you, the, 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 the key to being an influencer is defining your identity in your heavenly Father's love. Because if you're trying to find your identity in your success, if you're trying to find your identity with how many followers you've got, If you're trying to find your identity with how successful you are, how much you own, what title you've got, how how many people you're influencing, if that's the core of your success, you'll find life is an up and down roller coaster where you'll never really be satisfied. And you'll use relationships to get you somewhere as opposed to really love people and serve them. So the key to being an influencer that God has called us to be is to find our identity in our Father's love. To know this, just as Jacob loved Joseph, made him a coat, put favor on him, I want you to know this, that God loves you unbelievably. Unbelievably. The Bible tells us that His thoughts towards you are more numerous than the sands on the seashore. God is thinking good thoughts about you day in, day out. Now, you might not have grown up in an atmosphere where you've been told how loved you are, how valued you are, what a great future you are. And that's why many of us need to get in in the church, in the house of God, to hear how much your Father loves you, what a great future He's got for you, that He's thinking about you, and that your confidence comes from finding your identity in your father's love. That's the first thing. If you don't find your identity in, your, in the love of your heavenly father, you'll end up going round and round in circles, trying to find your identity and love from somebody who wasn't destined to give it. I want, I'm here to tell somebody today that Jerry Maguire lied. <laughs> when he said to his, his girlfriend, you complete me. Ah, only God can complete you. And if God completes you, then He'll put people around your life out of that sense of identity and love. That's the first thing. The second thing is if we're going to be influencers, we need to receive a vision from God. A vision from God, not from a wheat mix packet, not from the internet, not from some targeted ads who have been listening to your voice and now they're targeting you on Instagram. I'm sure that's what happens. But a vision from God, Genesis 37, verse 6 and 7. Listen to this dream, said Joseph. We're out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundles stood up and your bundles gathered around and bowed low before mine. Joseph had a dream that gave him a a glimpse of his future. Now, interestingly, it didn't give him the fullness of of his future. There was it was his brothers bowing down before him. There was no sense that what was in Egypt there was no sense that he'd be sold into slavery. There was no sense of what his life was ultimately going to look like. But he got a vision from God deep on the inside of him from a dream, and that dream placed inside of him a dissatisfaction with anything except what God had called him to be. And I believe you and I, when we come into a relationship with God and our Heavenly Father, that He will place vision in your heart about the influence that He's called you and I to have. And it will be vision. It it, it won't be the full picture. It'll be a glimpse. It'll be an inkling. It'll be a sense of this is who I'm called to be. I was talking recently uh, to Pastor Russell Evans when he was up here and he was telling me how one day in one of his services, he had an AFL uh, guy who was trying hard to get into a particular team. I won't tell you his name uh, just because I'm not sure that I'm allowed, but he was trying to get into one of the AFL teams. He was just on the fringe and Russell felt God in church to, say, to, pro- to pro- prophesy over him. And he prophesied. He said, I see you becoming the, the key leader in your AFL. NFL club. I see, God, and he just prophesied all these things over him. And one of the guys at his church was in recruiting, and he came and said, "Wow, that'll have to be God because I know the truth. The guy's about to be get rejected from the football club." And so anyway, the guy takes the prophecy and his wife and he puts it on the door at home and they begin to pray over and say, God, you've called me to this. This is your word to this. And and that particular guy went on to become the captain of the AFL football club, uh, influencing people, mentored by Russell in how to influence people. It was his sphere of influence. But the vision and dream came from God, a God dream, a God vision. I love the story of Denzel Washington, one of my favorite actors. He's been going to the same church in Los Angeles for 30 years. It's a Pentecostal church. His dad was a preacher. He tells a story that when he was about 20 years old, he just began to act. And he was in his mother's beauty shop and he was sitting waiting for his mother. And a woman just kept looking at him, looking at him and just said, suddenly, someone give me a piece of paper. And she wrote down on the paper a prophecy and she said that he would speak to millions of people, travel the world and preach and influence millions of people. This was March 27, 1975. He said, I had no idea what she was talking about. In fact, he said, over the years, I've asked my pastor, should I be a pastor? Should I be a minister and, and talk about you? And my pastor's told me, that's what you're doing already. It's the sphere that God has called you to. Every day he begins his day in prayer and reading the Bible. He asks God, what film should I be in? What film should I not? Because I want to impact the sphere that you've called me to be, to be an influencer. Where did the dream come from? The dream come from God, this time through a prophet. Sometimes it comes through a dream. Sometimes it comes through a a man or woman of God. Sometimes it comes from a scripture. Sometimes it's just this thing on the inside. But if you're going to be an influencer, you need a God-breathed vision or dream or inkling to bring to pass. How are we going here today? So we have got to find our identity and our Father's love. We've got to receive a vision from God. Number three, from Joseph, we learn this. We've got to understand that trials prepare us for our future. Trials prepare us for our future. Turn to your neighbor, right, saying, You're in the preparation season right now. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, You are definitely in the preparation season right now. You know it. If you're watching online, just put it in the chat I am being prepared. 14 years. 14 years between a prophecy and the fulfilment of the prophecy at least. Seven years as a slave. Seven years in prison. I'd say that was some serious preparation years. Psalm 105 verse 19 says this, Until the time came to pass, until the time came to fulfil his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. He tested him through false accusations. He tested him through betrayal of his brothers. He he tested him through hard work. He tested him through no hope of anything changing. He tested him through all sorts of circumstances. Uh, You know, working for Potiphar. Potiphar was the captain of the guard, that meant he was, he was protecting Pharaoh and watching over Pharaoh, and he had, oversaw a whole lot of soldiers. And part of Potiphar's role is his house would have been attached to the palace. Potiphar also had the role of overseeing the prison. In those days, they didn't have prison. Like, they didn't have like a bogo road. They didn't have somewhere where you sent all the prisoners off. If you did the wrong thing, you pretty much either got killed, you got beaten, or you went into slavery there was a small prison attached to Pharaoh's house and it was more of a political prison where if you got in the, on the bad side of, of Pharaoh or someone, you got thrown into that until it got sorted out. But it wasn't like the prison that we kind of know it. And that came under Potiphar's responsibility. And Joseph for 14 years was tested and God was refining his character. He was putting him through the fire so that the the stuff that needed to get burnt out would get burnt out because he was preparing him for his days of 14 years of influence. He went into a season where he became the prime minister. If you read the story, and for seven years, they had years of, of feast and then seven years of famine. And for every year of influence he had, he had years of testing beforehand. God is preparing you for your future through testing and through trials. And our response through testing and trials tells God whether He can trust us in our future or not. I love the story of Walt Disney. You might not have heard of of the background to Walt Disney. We all just hear Disneyland's awesome and we all want to go there one day, take our kids or grandkids. But Walt Disney, as a young man, worked for the Kansas City Star, a newspaper. He got sacked because he lacked creativity, said the boss. I love that. He went on and formed an animation company called Laughagram in 1921. He raised about the equivalent of $200,000 today, $18,000 then to try and fund this company. Uh, he made a deal with a New York distributor who went broke, forcing him to shut down. He could barely pay his rent and he resorted to eating dog food. You'd say that's a bit of a low moment in somebody's life. Broke but not defeated, he spent his last three dollars on a train ticket and he went on. he created a character, a cartoon character called Oswald the Rabbit. Doesn't, doesn't ring any bells, does it? That's because he signed a deal with a, with a studio to produce stuff with Oswald the Rabbit as the character, only to find out that that studio went and registered as their own and they, they um, flogged all these artists and so they, they stole all the idea and began to promote it as their own. He discovered Mary Poppins, the book, and decided, well, maybe I could make that into a film. And so he tried to convince the writer, Pamela Travers, that he could, he could have the rights to have it as a screenplay. She wasn't interested. She lived in England, and for 16 years, he would travel from America to England to try and convince her to let him produce a film based on her book. And after, all, after years, his charm and vision for the film wore her down and he produced Mary Poppins. That was his breakthrough moment. It became a screen classic. It was the launch of him years and years and years after he had the dream of influence. He got the dream of creating Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, and he, he got knocked back 302 times for finance for it. I love in a great twist of fate in 1996 that Walt Disney's firm bought the ABC who owned the Kansas Star who originally knocked him back for his creativity. (laughs) I just love the way persistence pays off long-term. I just want to encourage somebody today that right now it might look like you're eating dog food. Come on. But your days are not done. Right now it might look like you're in a prison. You're a slave. Things aren't working. But your days aren't done. You're just in preparation. You're just being prepared for your place of influence if you can lift your eyes up to see what God's doing in this moment. And the question to ask when you're in the season of preparation is not, God, get me out of here. The question to ask is, God, what are you doing in me while I am here? So I don't have to keep going through this same trial because I want to pass the trial because you're producing something in my heart. We find our identity in our father's love. We receive a vision from God. We understand that trials prepare us for our future. And then let's look at this next part about Joseph in Genesis 39 verse 2. It says, The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Remember, Potiphar's the captain of the guard of Pharaoh. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Jacob, uh, Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Come on, that's a, great, that's a great person to have. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. Come on, somebody say amen if you're feeling it right now. There it is. If you're a unit for Jesus, just say Amen. <laughs> Joseph had spheres to manage. Interestingly, later on, when Joseph uh, was accused by Pharaoh's wife of, trying, of sexually assaulting him, if, if Potiphar really believed that was the case, Joseph would have been killed instantly. But as you read the scripture, you realize that's probably not the case because Joseph was thrown into prison, which was also under Potiphar's control. And it would seem to me that Joseph rose to influence in prison because Potiphar knew what kind of leader and manager and influencer he was. And he would have told them, let him rise. You'll read that as you go through. But here's the thought I want you to understand today is that every one of us, God gives us spheres to manage. Spheres. Now, right now, your sphere might be your bedroom, your study, and the chippery at Macca's. You're frying chips, and that's your sphere. Come on, right now, someone, your sphere of influence is managing your home. Right now, for someone, your sphere, you're a teacher, and your sphere is the classroom that you have responsibility for. Right now, the sphere might be uh, uh, the, the job site that you're the foreman on. The sphere might be the, the, the team, the football team or the sporting team that you're the captain or the coach of. Maybe you're working for an organization and you have a sphere of staff and responsibilities. Maybe it's a government role. You've got that kind of sphere. Maybe you work in retail and you're in charge of the floor or in charge of a section or hospitality. Uh, Maybe you're responsible for 100 staff and that's your sphere or 10 staff or that's your sphere. You're responsible for four kids at home raising them and running a household and that's one of your spheres. Maybe you've got a hundred patients and that's your sphere as a doctor or as a nurse. Uh, whatever, it, whatever it is, it might be at church, you're leading a team. That's a sphere of responsibility. You might be leading a connect group. That's one of your spheres of responsibility. I want you to understand this is how God goes. God never takes someone who's not being faithful with a little and then promotes them to being faithful with a lot. Jesus said it very clearly, if you'll be faithful with a little, then I will make you faithful with a lot. So if you're wanting to be an influencer, we have to understand that God gives us a sphere to look after right now, and we have to treat it as if that's the sphere that God is going to give us for the rest of our lives to make it as successful as possible. Whether we're working for somebody else or whether we're working for ourselves, The Bible says this, that this is the way we need to put things. Colossians 3, verse 23. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not not merely for others. Whatever your sphere is, is, there's a two-sided thing to this. If it's for your boss, do it as if Jesus was your boss. Some of you are like, you haven't met my boss. Well, what, what, what what would you, how would you... Look after your work sphere if Jesus was your boss or if Jesus was your customer. How would you do it? This is what the Bible says. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you're doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. This letter is written. Uh, some of it applies to slaves. He's not saying try and not be a slave. He said just whatever your, wherever your sphere is do it as if it's for God. That speaks to me about attitude. If you're going to dominate the sphere that God's given you, then you've got to have an attitude, a, a wholeheartedness, a sense of ownership, a, an integrity about that role right now. You gotta, what I want you to realize today is for whatever your sphere is, there's an authority spiritually and an anointing. There's an authority and an anointing. That means if someone said, okay, this is your area. I, I love it when people go, uh, I know of, of teachers who are like, okay, I've been given this classroom and therefore that's I have responsibility for it. So therefore you have a spiritual authority in that classroom and you have an anointing available from God for that classroom. So the best thing that someone can do for wherever your sphere is, you be the person who rocks up to that sphere and you, you get to work before other people or stay late and you begin to pray over it and say, well, Lord, this is my current sphere. I'm inviting you in here, God. I'm asking for your help. It might be just a simply a desk. You're like, all right, God, and you're putting a sign up and you're going, this is my sphere. God, I thank you that you're with me. There's a supernatural anointing for me to excel in this area. There's an anointing on me and I'm gonna take Take authority over every demonic thing that's coming in to influence my sphere." You have an authority and you have an anointing. I love it when business people realize, okay, I've got a business and I need an anointing from God on it. And so I did this for years. I would get to my work early, half an hour before it opened, and I'd just walk around the place and say, God, I'm inviting your presence here. I'm speaking your promises here. I'm binding evil spirits here because I want the anointing for this particular sphere on my life. I have authority for it and I have an anointing for it. For those of you who are parents, you have an authority and an anointing to be parents. That means you can bind things and loose things. I might talk a bit more about that on Father's Day in a few weeks' time. So if you're gonna manage your sphere well, one, partly it's attitude. It's not just, oh, I'm working for the man. I don't care. Let's just get to Friday night. If you wanna be a person of influence, you've gotta carry that responsibility as under the Lord, that's attitude got to realize that you have an authority and an anointing for that area. Someone in Melbourne right now, the sphere that God's called you to, you have an authority and an anointing to bring something of God into there. Wherever you work, wherever you serve, wherever you volunteer, people should say things go better here since you started because you've got that same anointing that was on Joseph is on your life. Things, things, are just better around here. They're, things are more. The atmosphere has changed since you started working here. This became such a great place. Why? Because you've got an anointing on you. And the third part of the, of of managing your sphere well is wisdom. Wisdom. Proverbs 1, 1 to 3 says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. If you want to influence a sphere that God's called you to, you you could do, it would be a great thing to read a proverb every day to get the wisdom of God into you, just to, to go, all right, well, there's 31 Proverbs. Most months have 31 days. Why don't you, re- one every day. What about a thought that actually, okay, God, I'm, I'm serving in this sphere right now because we all have multiple spheres. And so when I get to that place, just to remind myself, church, my Christianity is not just about Sundays and it's not just about my connect group. They're all, they're like training runs for the game the game is when I go to work. The game is when I get into my neighborhood. The game is when I interact with other people. What if I began to pray and I read a proverb at work on my time? Come on. Come on. What about in lunch? Come on. Just because I'm positioning myself to get wisdom on me from God. All right. I'm going to get the keyboardist to come on up right now. The last thing I said I'd do five. I'll quickly touch on this for the sake of time. Is if you're going to be positioned by God to be an influencer... Then you need to serve others. The ultimate thing that got Joseph out of prison into Pharaoh's throne room was that two of Pharaoh's guys, as you can read about it in Genesis 40, a cupbearer and the chief baker were thrown into that prison. I don't know if the king had got sick because of their cooking. We don't, the Bible doesn't say. I don't know if he got sick because the, the cupbearer was supposed to taste all the food to make sure it wasn't poisonous. But they'd got thrown into prison and they both had dreams and they needed someone to interpret the dream. And Joseph was the one who said in verse uh, verse 3, he said, interpreting dreams is God's business. Tell me your dreams. And he heard their dreams and the anointing on him helped him understand exactly what those dreams meant. And he told them. Now, he could have said, as if I'm interpreting dreams, I'm in jail because I listened to a flipping dream and told my brothers. He could have just had a bit of a crack the sads. I'm not helping anybody else. But because he understood that you get put in a place of influence to serve others, his heart was to serve them. All right, well, you tell me your dream, I'll pray and I'll interpret your dream. And ultimately, that's what got him out of prison and got him in front of Pharaoh And then he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. If our heart is not personal success, but helping other people interpret their dreams so they're successful, if that's our heart, that's what God will breathe on. What a great question it would be to ask someone in your sphere of influence this week. Tell me your dream. What's your dream? And what could I do to help you make that happen? Could I pray for you? Could I encourage you? What an attitude of serving others. You tell me your dream and I'll pray for you. That's the heartbeat of influencers. I want to just say those five things again and I'm going to pray for us. If you want to be an influencer that God's called you to be in whatever sphere it is, you need to find your identity in our Father's love. Receive a vision, a glimpse, an inkling from God. Understand that trials prepare you for your future. What you're going through is not going to last. Just learn what you need to out of it. Manage your spheres well and serve others. Can we close our eyes together? Melbourne, close your eyes online. Everyone in the room right now. As we're in worship at the beginning of this service... We were singing a song about, Lord, pour out your anointing, pour out your spirit. I just saw like a hand above people's heads pouring out oil. And oil represents anointing, represents the Holy Spirit. I believe for wherever you're positioned, there is an anointing. I'm just going to ask if you're saying today, well, I want to be an influencer where God has positioned me in the sphere that God's put me, wherever it might be, whether any of the areas I've talked about and you'd want that anointing from God to help you in that sphere from, from the home to your business to your workplace, to your sporting area, wherever it is. I just want you to stand up right now and say, I want that anointing. I want that anointing on my life. Just stand up. I want God's anointing for the spheres that He's called me to. For those of you at home, just, just stand up. Just come on, lean in right now. I believe there's an outpouring from heaven coming right now. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Father, I'm praying right now that you'd pour out your Spirit, pour out the anointing of God in families, Lord, in educational institutions, Father, in governmental roles and positions, in the public service, Father, in sporting arenas, in the media right now, you'd pour out your anointing in the entertainment spheres. Lord, in the marketplace of business, for entrepreneurs and for those who work in business, small and large. Those are in childcare. Lord, all different spheres of society. Those who are right now are retired, but have influence through their networks of friendship and family. Lord, those who are leading in areas of church right now, that's their sphere, connect group leaders, team leaders. I thank you for an anointing that comes. Pour out the anointing oil of heaven on us today. A supernatural enabling to influence and serve and love those around our life. Pour it out, we pray, God. Pour it out, we pray. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Help us serve, love those around our lives. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. You can give the Lord a hand right now. (laughs) Melbourne, we're going to release you right now. Back to Dan Frecker. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. Come on, put your hands together for our Melbourne crew. You can grab your seat right now. Thank you, Jeremy.